Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place, the legend of Korra. Hello everybody and welcome back to Streaming in Place. It is week 31 and we are here to talk about the legend of Korra, book four, uh, Balance, episodes seven, eight, and nine, Reunion, Remembrances, and into uh, Beyond the Wilds. Let me double check that, Beyond the Wilds. So first up, I would, you know, I have plenty of questions uh, and thought about, you know, especially Allison, your experience watching this for the first time, but I feel like we got to start with the clip show and with Noel giving some information about, and some context. Because it is actually, I think, on the, the terms of, on the scale of clip shows, I think it's very charming and I think it works, but uh, why, why is there a clip show? So for listeners who aren't aware, since clip shows really aren't a thing anymore, um, clip shows were ways for broadcast shows to save money. Um, they gave the cast and crew basically a really light shooting week while still meeting episode orders. So mostly like they shot for a day because that was all that was really necessary. The writers just had to pick clips, editors had to put them together, and then they shot the ends, the intros and outros for like the framing devices. Um, Family Ties did these a lot, and they're really obnoxious. Um, clip shows are generally really hated um, because they're just they're just things that exist on a schedule. Um, but they do save money, which is what they were, which is the case for Remembrances. Is that when Nickelodeon slashed the season four budget, um, Brian Konetsko and Michael DiMartino had to make a decision, which is either we do a clip show or we lay off a number of people within the double digits of people that we had to lay off from our staff, from their staff, I should say. And so they opted to do a clip show instead of firing people. So that's why there's a clip show is they wanted people to keep their jobs. So that's the story. That's it. They were just like, which speaks to like how much these episodes cost as well, Mm -hmm. that they were going to have to fire at least 10 people um, to make up the difference of the slashed budget um, or do a clip show. So that's what they opted to do. Um, So you'll notice like on the credits for this episode, there's three different writers, one for each of the acts. um, And then, yeah, there's a, there's some solid original animation throughout in this though, especially with the Bolin and Varric stuff. It's actually surprisingly active compared to the other two. But, um, yeah, that's, that's the reason is they didn't want to lay off a bunch of people because Nickelodeon decided to be an asshole. Yeah. Well, and the, you know, it's, it's interesting because the, the, it is more dynamic than expected. I'm a little surprised that Nickelodeon didn't say, this isn't count, you know? Yeah. Um, But since if they weren't gonna, then, you know, then great. That's, that's fine with me. Uh, I would rather have a clip show and a bunch of people aren't fired. Uh, Allison, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, um, you know, that is the right thing to do. Uh, and if you've got, this is going to be shocking to some people, but if you've got a scale and on one side is like the well-being of other people and then the other side is like, you personally don't like it, the, like you you go with the well-being of other people. So it matters not at all that I... Don't love a clip show. Kate is putting on her mask. Um, I don't know how that could possibly be relevant to right Why? now. Why would that apply to anything right now? Um, you know, I restaurants. <laughs> yeah, I don't have my my mask is in my mask basket. You uh, have a mask bag. Yeah, I, I have a like a big basket full of masks um, <laughs> that I wear. 
um, <laughs> because I'm not an asshole. So uh, similarly, I, I don't really think it matters that I didn't love this episode because uh, it obviously did exactly what it was intended to do, which was save people's jobs. Which in that, in that, if that is the criteria, A, A episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no problem giving it an A. And given what it its primary goal was to save money, the fact that they managed to make it even remotely entertaining, I think is a win. So I I sort of wish maybe it sat somewhere else in the season. Yes. Yeah. But other than that, I'm gonna go ahead and just put my compliment my compliments, my complaints out the back door and not worry about them anymore. Yeah, it is a really kind of charming little clip show episode, I think. Um, I do agree with Allison, you, Allison, that it's a weird spot in the season. Um, just because it's like, okay, why why is this here? And it does like a good fair bit of like work in kind of like resetting Zaheer, which I think is really important for um, Into the Wild, Beyond the Wilds. Um, but that's kind of all it needs to really do is really drive home the Zaheer stuff, even though I think that the show up to this point has done enough of enough legwork doing that on its own. Um, so I think that structurally in terms of like the season, it it's in a very weird spot. Um, but when you've got all your characters almost together, and then you've got Varric and Bolin on a slow boat to Republic City, that you can kind of get away with doing it here um for me i had kind of completely forgotten about the four-way conference call between the villains <laughs> which is the best thing i have ever seen in a clip show um but it's also arguably one of the best things i've seen in any show um because this is <laughs> it was just really really funny and i had forgotten that they re-recorded some aman stuff um which is like Noticeable because Stephen Bloom comes back to voice the firebender escapee that uh, Bolin and Barrack are traveling with, who also voices Amon. And when we got to that episode, I was just like, why is Stephen Bloom back? That's weird because Stephen Bloom is expensive. Um, and then it's, we needed him back so that we could have pay him to record some more Amon dialogue. Um, but it's cost efficient to have him voice another character as opposed to just do another couple of lines as a mod. So, but that sequence alone, I think is worth the clip show in addition to saving people's jobs. And the fact that no one likes, um, Tonarak is just not Tonarak, um, Unalak. No one likes Unalak is just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. They're like, don't, don't call. Ah, damn it. It's too late. I've already been on the line, everyone. It's <laughs> <laughs> very good. And uh, that they specifically went with the uh, movers. Unalak was the right mm-hmm. call too. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's very delightful. And putting that one last was the right call. Um, I think it's structured well. The middle section is the one that's the least successful. Uh, but having like the little like pop up video faces um, in the first segment, I think works really well and is surprisingly charming. Um, I like all the stuff with Grandma. It's like, just like your grandfather or whatever. Delightful. Very fun. And um, yeah, if you're going to do one, I think this is a pretty charming way to do it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So let's talk about the actual episodes. Uh, (laughs) You know, and I was actually, because I I was watching this with my parents, right? And we skipped over the clip show one because I did feel like they were, you know, I was like, you don't need to watch it. It's fine. And so then I watched it later. And I was surprised at how much 
you know, I had forgotten that there actually is some original content in there and there's some, like, you know, other scenes leading in and out. So, you know, on the scale of skip it entirely or watch it because for the, for the lols, I would say you can absolutely skip it. Um, if you want to be a completist or if you would like to see the, you know, the, the four, the fearsome foursome, but I'm not, I don't love that. Um, evil squared, evil squared, the terror uh, square. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you can, you know, put some, put it on while you're doing the dishes or something. Um, but let's, we have two actual episodes here, which are Remembrances and um, Beyond the Wilds. So, Allison, what did you think of our... Because you called um, a Asami and Korra uh, like reuniting and all that stuff. And we didn't get that when, when you had predicted it, but we did get it here. And with Mako and Wu and everything, what did you think of our big chase through the city and then our Jinora-centric, you know, on the scale of things, Into the Wilds? Or Beyond the Wilds? Um. Yeah, Into the Wilds is that Annie Lennox song, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> From Return of the King? Yes. Um, I, into the West. Uh, into, into the, the West. West. See, we're, we're both. Into the off. Wild, isn't that the, 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 the book it made into the movie about the guy in Alaska? That's Into the Wild, singular. Singular, There's okay. also Into the Unknown <laughs> from Frozen <laughs> 2. Um, we're covering all of our bases. Um... You know, uh, I, mm, uh, oh, you asked specifically about Korra and Asami, so I'm going to focus on that and then my response will be more positive because I'm feeling pretty frustrated right now. Okay. Um, and I suspect that maybe part of that is I watched, um, God, episode titles and me, just a nightmare. What's our first one? Remembrances. No, no, Reunion. Yes, because Remembrances is, is the, the clip, clip show. show. Yeah, right. Um, I got very confused because you guys told me Remembrances was not the clip show. So when it started, I was like, "Those scamps." <laughs> um, uh, I uh, am going to try really hard to not focus too much on um, uh, into the unknown wilds of beyond West, um, and hopefully, it'll allow me to be a little bit more positive. I uh, hope. That I'm right about Asami and Korra because it sure seems like it. This is my big positive takeaway from these two episodes is it sure seems like they are setting Korra and Asami up to do some smooching, which I feel like I've been trying to will into existence, but which I cannot take credit for um, because it's been out for years. So my current thoughts are not affecting its past decisions at all. That said, I'm finding it very satisfying. If this ends up being like Supergirl style, please go ahead and ship it and then nothing will come of it. I will be grumpy, but I still very much appreciate the Korra Asami friendship. Um, I like the changes that it sort of, that that connection has wrought and the dynamic with Mako. Um, I like the ways it continues to play out in the clip show where tellingly um, it was a, Cora Asami scene that led to one of our acts um, and in uh, into the beyond wild Thunderdome um, but I'm having a hard time feeling positive beyond that at the moment I have to say that I'm uh, pretty peeved about 
the way that Cora finds her, the the means by which Cora finds her way out of this trauma and into something like healing is by returning to the person who hurt her. Um, and I get that there is another argument going on underneath it, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that when we talk about the episode. But if you're wondering why my Cora Asami feelings are a little bit tempered, it's because I'm having a hard time getting over that particular hurdle. Do Do you want me to tell you? What? About Cora and Asami? No, I want to watch the show. Okay. Why should you tell me? I I feel like I should tell you. Tell Wait, me. There's no kissing. Ah! There's there's no kissing. But I will say that they're a very popular ship and okay. the the writers are very aware of them. And There's the, no kissing? There's no kissing. So just like just so you know, cuz we only have 2 days left. Two more episodes left uh, of the podcast on it. So you could, that, you know, may it impact your viewing. You so. know what? If Avatar The Last Airbender can end with a smooch that I'm not going to say nobody wanted, but that there were <laughs> lots of people who were uninterested in, then The Legend of Korra can also end with a smooch. And if it's a smooch with Mako, I'm going to burn my house down. I'm really it does, not. It doesn't end with a kiss. It Thank you. Thank you. No smooching? No, no okay, smooching. That's better. Still, yeah. I feel like I'm being Well, played. I mean, Papu and Bolin do make out like a little bit more than usual <laughs> in the finale. But I mean, that's that, it's understandable given yeah. the arc of everything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there were there were a lot of people that wanted some smooching, so you are in good company. Um, yeah, I'm Anyways. not misreading it, right? That's totally a vibe. We we'll talk more about it at the end of the season. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I hear you with uh, your you know concerns about to hear. It does seem like I think. I mean, I think I get what they're going for. Where they they needed uh, someone else for her to talk to to help her with this next part of her journey. I just don't think it should have been Zaheer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that speaks to, you know, people's actual experiences with trauma. And it just, it. I think they just couldn't think of who else it would be since they had already done Toph. So I don't know. What? How do you feel about this, Noel? Yeah, there's not really another person for it to have been is the problem in terms of reconnecting with the spiritual world. Because Tenzin can't do it. Um, he's just not good at it. He he. There's that whole thing about meditating for hours in the chamber, not being able to get into the spirit world. Janora is the one with the strongest spiritual connection, but Janora is also like 12 um, or 13 at this point. She's kind of too young to navigate that kind of a trauma. Go ahead. And we don't want her to be traumatized so that she has gone overcome it so she can help Korra overcome it. Right. Right. Which yeah. is, what I think, what if they wanted her to be in that role, I think they would have had something else, like, traumatic happen that she had to, or, like, some dark thing in her past that she had to overcome, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, that, Toph doesn't make sense, because Toph doesn't, Toph is so grounded in the material world, um, that there isn't really, frustratingly, another option, since Unalak is gone, dead, evaporated. It's yeah. unclear. It's a very jet sort of situation. <laughs> they, maybe they could have done something if, like, in with the spirit world with Rava. Um, yeah, like or the only other Iroh? option is what I was going to say is Iroh's the only other option to have guided her um, to some kind of an understanding of what was going on. Um, if she had like flown to a pole or something. Yeah. So turning it into this journey that she takes with Zaheer. Um, I think 
like Allison said, feeds into like a lot of like frustrating narratives about trauma and those afflicted and those who inflict. And it's not the best look for the show. And but narratively, there's just no one else to kind of go to. Oh, I just don't think that that's true. I mean, it's first of all, she's got this new ability to to sort of physically reach into the spirit or whatever to with her energy reach into the spirit world right so like that's a door i don't know what would be on the other side of that door but that is a door that they could open they could have her meet someone entirely new or and this is the one that i find most frustrating this is something she could have figured out on her own yeah that's true um like she could have taken some time to sit and think or even somebody like because it doesn't need to be trauma plus something spiritual necessarily right sure sure katara has lived a very long life and if nothing else minimum lost her husband in a fashion we don't yet know about Mm -hmm. so presumably so katara or one of the many other people in the world who has experienced a great loss um, could sort of talk to her about what that would be like. And then if it applies to the spirit world, great. Um, I think the thing that I find so frustrating is the piece of it that makes sense to me that a person who is out of balance can have the right idea um, or a right idea and then still get it completely. I mean, like, see many lawful good paladins for examples of this you can have your heart more or less in the right place or at least your ideas in the right place and go about it completely wrong and in this case like criminally violently sociopathically wrong and those things can coexist that tension can coexist but because here also is the source of Korra's trauma like if it had been if Hypothetically, if Zaheer had been the book two villain and Mm. it's the book three villain that put her in this position where she can't connect with the spirit world, then I can understand an old enemy who aligns on this one really key fundamental point could somehow then be the person to sort of guide her forward. Unalak, maybe. It's somebody, anybody, just not the person who hurt her and people she loves in such a violent, visceral fact. Like, I cannot... The, and they just showed us again. The tapping out of all the lives, right? Yeah. Like, is an incredible violation. So I just... I think it needed to be one or the other. Having it be both, I just... Like, really resent it, honestly. I'm having a hard time getting past it as a narrative choice. It feels like... um a betrayal of the character and the questions they've been asking with that character this season. And I'm sure after the next episode, that's going to be tempered, but ending with this one, the place where we left it, it's hard for me to sort of not dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I understand. I hear it. Um, Marcus says that here's plan to ca- cause chaos backfired with a worse tyrant popping up. Who could have guessed that <laughs> only everyone Zaheer also not the brightest. Um, she Cora could have done a spirit world journey like in season two, and also Marcus notes that Unalak wouldn't be happy with Kavira's spirit uh, spirit vine harvesting, and yeah, I like he would not be happy with that. I felt I was so angry watching it, just viscerally angry when they're starting when they're going after the banyan tree. I was just like, no, 
no. Um, so that was a very effective moment. They, the way they should, they storyboarded that and, and um, animated it. Um, yeah, there's just such a callous and dumb, but just, uh, just there, there's they really capture the wrongness of that through the reactions and just even the scale of the shot of the tree. Um, yeah. Um, Noel, how was how was the uh, spirit journey and you know going to save Janora and everybody. What do we think of our return of John Heater? Ryu, poor sweet stupid Ryu just wants to read his cards. <laughs> just please read my cards. But his mom's so proud of him and his dad is like, thank God you're not in the basement anymore. I'm glad <laughs> you have a job. Um, yeah, it's, it's fine. Like, I mean, it's very much a setup sort of plot line. Uh, so like, I know how this is playing out. Um, but I like the, um, I do like Korra going back to the spirit world and being able to reconnect and find Rava again. And then they reuse some of the, like that good stuff of like the spirit world rushing past while she's standing still in an effort to convey traveling, which I still think works really beautifully. Um, so I like all of that. And I like the ways in which that those actions within the Republic city get tied into, in a sense, what's happening with Kuvira in the earth empire and harvesting the vines. Um, because it's very much a, these are my resources kind of deal. They belong to me as the great uniter and I can use them as I see fit, which is to build a super weapon, um, a super duper weapon, in fact. Um, and I like that the show like draws, like even through the clip show draws connections between Unalak's weird chest laser and the uh, laser cannon that, um, whatchamacallit, that Varric has constructed within the, um, in the train earlier in the season. So that you kind of like start to see those connections um, in terms of, right, no, this would be really bad because a big scary spirit thing had a chest laser. Maybe, maybe we don't let a power mad tyrant have any sort of version of that on like a low, low scale type of deal. It's very much like giving Red Skull the Tesseract um, or whichever, whichever, whichever power source MacGuffin that was. I'm pretty sure it was the Tesseract. <laughs> it was the Tesseract. I, yeah. I don't remember because um, there's too many of them. <laughs> Goddamn Infinity Stones. Um, so yeah, I think that generally that build works really, really well. Um, it's not super compelling, but we're heading into the end game. This season's just structure is a little wonky because of the budget, I feel like. So I feel like if the clip show wasn't here, we'd be on a different kind of momentum speed, but we're in like a weird hiccup situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other part of this that we haven't talked about yet is the the Boleyn and Barrack stuff. And uh, our revelation that, oh, look, <laughs> re-education camps are prisons and or concentration camps. How about that? <laughs> We're shocked, shocked. Um, I wonder if Kuvira will be satisfied keeping her b- borders and boundaries as they are, or will decide that maybe next door sounds good too. Um, so uh, I, I wanted to yell so strong, so, so much, and like just reach and like become animation, go into the fictional world and yell at that table, appeasement! And it just like... Obviously, you can't do that, and they know that that's what they're doing. But um, 
it was very frustrating to watch Tenzin and the other leaders be so dumb. I really like that discussion, though. Like, I mean, the fact that Azumi, um, Azumi, right? Yeah. Fire Lord Azumi. Fire, Fire Lord Azumi. Makes that decision, I think, is really in keeping with overlearning the lessons of the past. Of uh, my country had waged a hundred year war. I'm not going to do this. Like, I'm just not. We can't. Um, like, we I, can't. I mean, like, yeah. it would be a bad, bad for us to just invade the Earth Empire or whatever this is right now. We can't do this. We can help you with defense stuff. We can't do this again. I can't do this again. Um, so I think that there's a really, there's a really understandable sort of thing. My larger issue with that whole conversation is that neither of the water tribes are represented in that conversation anywhere, shape or form. Doesn't an Eskar aren't there and Tonarak's not there. So it's a really weird omission of, we couldn't get these voice actors. Um, but it, it, their, their lack of a presence there really kind of deflates that scene for me as like a global response. Um, so that, I still think that scene makes sense from like an overall franchise historical perspective, but um, yeah, it's just kind of a little squishy because the water tribes aren't there. How did it work for you, Allison? It mostly worked for me. I, um, like Kate, found it very frustrating, but like Noel, found it sort of deliberately frustrating. Yeah. Um, and also, I guess because I've been so focused on Cora's arc, a lot of what made that scene work for me is her exclusion and her reaction yes. to it, um, which then made the the end of that episode more satisfying, mm-hmm. um, despite my qualms with how it is that she got there. It was very nice to see um, to see her get a win, um, and to see other people see her get a win. Um, and that they sort of underlined the complexity of that, that it can be both that Tenzin is worried about her and also that uh, her struggles have put people in a position where they're questioning or underestimating her abilities. Um, certainly that they seem to think that she is less valuable when she is not fully in control of the Avatar state, which on the one hand is true, and on the other hand, like... She, she has other skills, um, you know, like maybe she's got some insight that might be useful to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I found that frustrating in the way it was supposed to be, as opposed to frustrating in a way it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on Bolin and Varric and how Julie, you know, can carry Varric for 20 miles in one day <laughs> with a broken leg? <laughs> um, I really loved the payoff of um Varric being like okay you're right you're right I'll carry you and then just like struggle bussing it like two steps forward uh I mean they're a great comedy duo and I think they're doing a very nice job of pretty frequently reminding you that Varric is a horrible person to make you feel less bad about how funny and charming he is yes like, just be like I'm garbage <laughs> and that's that works for me I'm fine with that as long as we're not pretending as long as it's not a total character rehab I am fine with the agent of chaos um, well Asami just like break almost breaking his hand um is like the best thing like yeah. it's like everyone else is kind of just like resigned themselves to that barrack as a presence in this now except for asami who's like this motherfucker no <laughs> no absolutely way. not Are you allegedly kidnapped uh, everything's <laughs> allegedly president. with you <laughs> can a man blow up his own building <laughs> yeah what a 
incredibly valuable addition to the cast of characters. Um, just like, man, he shows up right on time, gets out a few lines of just absolute nonsense, and everything gets better. And he and Bolin together are like, Mwah, really great. Yeah. Um, I don't love Bolin's um, yes. uh, nice guy trying to make up with Opal thing. Uh, it feels like, like, a, like a cheat code that's not in line with what we know about either of those characters. Um, but I also understand that they're running out of time and you've got to, you got to sort of dot some I's and cross some T's. I just wish that had been handled with a little more, a little more thought and a little less, um, nonsense. I did like her calling him out though. I'm sorry you had to see, I'm very sorry you had to see that, Pabu. Yeah, that was, that was my favorite part of that. Um, Marcus is with you. Speaking of character rehab, I'm pretty sure it will happen, but I really hope it doesn't, uh, Opal and Bolin getting back together, so... We will, we will see. Yeah, it's um, just, it's yeah. tough because it's like, you sided with a fascist. You understand that, right? You sided with a fascist and everyone's like, it's cool, man. You're stupid. We get it. You've got big himbo energy. You're just going <laughs> to fall for a fascist. It's fine. We get it. Um, you fall I, I for pre- a fascist one time. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate Opal keeping him accountable for all this nonsense. Um, yeah. Whereas everyone else is just like, it's cool, man. We've all made mistakes. <laughs> We've all helped enable a dictator. I'm hasn't. hoping we're going to get a little bit of, you know, like, I, I think if they had handled the end of the episode, uh, the end of Beyond the Wilds, as uh, not a, if you want to get back together with me, do this thing, but as a, we are not getting back together. Also, I'm going to do this. And him saying, well, I want to help because I helped create the problem. That yes. would have been a much yes. better and much more winning way to write the character. So. Hard agree. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on these episodes? Or if not, it's episode We gotta talk time. about Wu down. Wu <laughs> down! Wu down! Oh yeah, we didn't talk at all about Wu getting kidnapped. Do we have any thoughts nope. on this? <laughs> Allison's face is all the thoughts we need. Oh. <laughs> the one time I don't go to the bathroom with him. The one time! <laughs> I mean, it. that was funny. I will say the face was mostly about the Wu portion of the proceedings of the proceedings in the clip show um, which was like it was like they decided to do a clip show of all of the things that I care least about <laughs> all at once yes but it was but it was funny like it was funny that it was all the things I care least about at once um, you know they're they're doing a nice job making Wu um, exactly as ridiculous as he needs to be so <laughs> He he seems to he seems to be growing slightly more self aware about his own complete lack yes. of value, which is yes. good. Yeah, it is I'm good. not sure I'd call it charming, uh, no. but it's entertaining. <laughs> well, our episodes for tomorrow <laughs> are episodes uh, ten and eleven, and episode ten. These are better episode titles. They're you know they're they're not amazing, but they're definitely better. So our next episode title is Operation Beifong. Sweet. And then the episode after that is Kuvira's Gambit. Okay. 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 I can accept these as episode titles. Um, Operation Beifong, I assume, is we're going to go save Suyin and company. Um, maybe with a side of Toph showing up to help because she saw it through the vines and whatnot. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Um, and presumably it will involve some extremely cool bending, as anything called Operation Beifong should. 
Maybe a blimp. Um, uh, Marcus, I'm going to interrupt to say, Marcus says, she saw it through the grapevine. <laughs> the bunion right. tree vine, but yeah. yeah I was go- I was going to make that joke too. So I'm glad we were all on the same wavelength. Very um, nice. Very good. Uh, great. And then um, Kuvira's gambit, I'm guessing, is going to be Kuvira takes a risk. And maybe it'll pay off and maybe it won't. But knowing how the show is structured, it will pay off because they always lose before they win. So Fun fact, it's actually just a Texas Hold'em tournament to decide the fate of the Earth Empire. (laughs) You dweeb. (laughs) We we broke Allison. I didn't expect that to break Allison that much. It's a very specific joke. (laughs) Um, Yep, that's definitely what happens in Kuvira's Gambit. I'm going with Null's prediction. Okay, there we go. Well then, looking oh, forward to it. We're all so tired, right? <laughs> and it's Monday. <laughs> what week is it? Thirty-one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we'll see how we feel about thirty-three. Like a lot is going to depend on how thirty-three counts. So, anyways, uh, let's. Guys, uh, yeah, I, I feel like I just need people to know that, like, as we're recording this, all three of us like look a little bit loopy. Like we all have kind of loopy face. Um, we're all like obviously a little slap happy. And as we have this conversation over Zoom, the words Zoom dick are trending on social media. <laughs> it's like lovely. <laughs> it's just Marcus, what did you do? <laughs> Marcus. Um, it's a strange time. It's oh, a strange time. Strong emoji game there, Marcus. <laughs> yeah, Very that's good. solid. That's really solid. <laughs> and what I'm saying is take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Yep. Thanks we'll be really back weird. tomorrow. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>